0: beauty and the vlog squad welcome to another episode of the podcast and i'm your host erica Vieira. and if you're new here welcome i am so glad to have you be a part of the squad and if you're here then you have come to learn and be inspired by the incredible guests that i bring on here everyone from youtube creators to influencers to people in the industry that have a lot that they can teach you. So my job here is to get the best of the best and to dive deep and ask those tough questions. And I hope I did that here for this episode for you guys. And I have not a YouTuber, but I have a business owner. I know a lot of my listeners own businesses, and they're thinking about starting a business, or maybe you have a YouTube channel and you're wanting to start some kind of business. So I jumped at the chance to interview Maria Hassi stefanis the creator and founder of Rodel Beauty. And she also just wrote the book, How to Be an Overnight Success. So she is very open with sharing her experiences from zero to hero and how it took her years to build up her business, although it really looked like it happened overnight. And that same lesson actually happens in the YouTube world, too. And so she shared all about that and some highs and lows of her incredible journey. And before we dive into this incredible interview, I want to give a quick little plug for the Beauty in the Vlog YouTube Bootcamp, which is going to be enrolling in a few months. And I do want to let you know that I am camping enrollment to 100 bootcampers just because... I give a lot <laughs> to my boot campers. And there's only so much of me to give. And I really want to be able to dedicate my all to every single person that's in the boot camp. And here is Lisa, one of the current boot campers who wanted to share a little bit about her experience. Hi, this is Lisa. Let me tell you a little bit about the beauty in the vlog boot camp. I joined the boot camp to find a direction and niche for my channel. Through the boot camp, I've learned this and so much more. Like the importance of community branding channel design, and setup, including tons of info on SEO, thumbnail strategy, tags, and titles. But most importantly, I learned more about myself. Through this journey, I increased my skill, confidence, and inspiration to start a new channel that has great potential for success. To be honest, I wasn't sure at first about joining it and if it would be worth it. My favorite part of the bootcamp was the way that Erica used a variety of methods and approaches to feed us information and really help us out. She's lovely at connecting with people and really seeing their vision and helping them grow. I highly recommend this course to anyone, whether you're established or just starting out. It far exceeded my expectations, and I would do it again if I could. Well, thank you for that, Lisa. And as I mentioned before, I am going to be capping the number of boot campers for this round to 100. Uh, we already have way more than that on our wait list. But definitely, if you're interested in participating in the Beauty and the Vlog boot camp, I encourage you to sign up for the wait list so that you are first to be notified when I do open up enrollment. And there will be some special bonuses for the waitlisters uh, as well. Go to beautyandthevlog.com forward slash Boot camp. If you're interested in joining the best program there is in regards to starting and growing at YouTube, all right. Now for the interview. Mwah. Well, hello, Maria. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Erica. I'm very excited to be here with you today. Yes, I'm so excited for you to be on, and you have so much wisdom, so much information and advice for entrepreneurs and for wanting to start a business and also just overall life success. So I can't wait to dive into that. But before we go Mm -hmm. into that, why don't we first get started with you letting our audience know a little bit about you, who you are and how you got to where you are today? Uh, Yes, definitely. So, um,
1: I, um, I am the founder and CEO of two brands, Rodial and Nip and Fab. I was born and raised in Greece, and um, I was really passionate about beauty from a very early age. I remember when I was about 14 years old, um, and I was living in this very remote island in Greece. We didn't even have a beauty store. And I was getting ready to go out with a girlfriend of mine. And uh, we didn't have a lot of cosmetics at the time. And I wanted to use some blush. We didn't have blush. So I got one of my um, mom's lipsticks and I mixed it up with um, an old-fashioned media cream. And I created a blush, a cream blush. um, And I got really excited. And I said, oh, my God, I love putting things together and creating my own beauty products. And that was the first time that I realized that this may be something I want to do in the future. Um, so yeah, so that's how, um, I got into excited into, um, thinking about going into beauty at some point in my life. And, uh, my first job when I was at uni, I, um, worked for 17 magazine as a beauty writer. I did that for a little bit. And then um, moved to New York to study business um, because I was interested in business. I didn't know what exactly I wanted to do, but business really resonated with me. Um, And when I graduated, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life, as a lot of people do. Um, And a lot of my classmates at that time in New York were going into banking. So I Mm -hmm. thought, well you know i have um have some loans i need to pay some student loans and banking sounds like an exciting career so let me do that and and that's how i ended up in banking as sort of my first proper post um university job um And then very, very quickly, uh, I realized this wasn't a passion of mine. And then very quickly, I got fired. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that was the, you know, at the time I was devastated. Uh But that was the best thing that ever happened to me because I realized that, you know, what do I want to do with my life? And definitely it wasn't, the answer was not banking. So that's when I started thinking about starting my own business. And that's, that's where it all started. So how old were you at that point when you
0: got fired from your banking job?
1: i I was um yeah, I was in my mid twenties,
0: okay, so then what happened at that point
1: um so at that point um I was actually back in um I was in london um I started banking in New York and then very soon I moved to London because the um European headquarters were there, and they needed me there, so I found myself fired in London again um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um and so I, you know, I sat down and I took a few months off um, and I thought, you know, I thought really hard. What do I want to do with my life? And, you know, when you get fired, that's a shock. You don't automatically say, OK, well, you know, next day I'll start my own business. Yeah. You know, it is a process. <laughs> yeah. It takes it, it yeah. a while to process things. So the first step was realizing that I didn't want to go into banking, that I enjoyed parts of business, but I needed to be passionate about. What I was doing every day, um, and then you know, I was kind of thinking about a few ideas. Beauty was something that really resonated with me, um, and at the time there weren't that many beauty brands around. You had the big players, you had the Estée Lauder's, mm-hmm. you had the um, the big companies, but there were not as many niche brands. So I thought, you know what? Uh, I do see a gap in the market. Everything is very serious when it comes to skincare and cosmetics, and I'd love to come up with a range that offers targeted treatments to specific skin concerns. That's also fun and exciting to to use and and um, to to talk about. And and that's that's when Rodial was born. That that was when it got there.
0: So then how did you go from, you know, being fired from your banking job, coming up with an idea, and then actually having the company? Um, The first thing that I did was um, do some research. And
1: it's actually something that um, I learned while I was in banking, which was to be able to very quickly research an industry and understand how do you put a a business together. That's something that I learned that was Mm -hmm. really useful. Um, but what I did, because beauty, yeah, I knew beauty from a consumer and a writer point of view, but not from a business point of view. So the first thing I did, I started going to a whole bunch of trade shows. Um, there's a show called Cosmoprof, and they do a few shows. One is in Vegas in the U.S. There's, there's another one in Italy. Um, and there's a few other beauty trade shows. And I would go and go from stand to stand. Um, and meet people who were formulating cosmetics and skincare. And I would sit down with them. And I said, this is my idea. How how do I put a, a brand together? And going from stand to stand, I was taking notes. And then by the end of every show, I thought, you know, I learned a bunch of things. I would go back to London and start making some calls. Um, and it was a lot of research the first six months before I um, knew what I wanted to do.
0: And then uh, once you figured out what you wanted to do, then how did you actually, you know, launch launch the company? Um, so the first thing
1: was um, trying to get investment. I put together a business plan.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I connected with about 10 investors. Um, I got five emails back, three meetings, and I got zero investment. So, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> so here you go. Um, I, I I didn't manage to get any investment. Um, and so I just sat down with my boyfriend, who is my husband right now. And I said, what am I going to do? You know, I have this this big vision. I, I know where I want to take this business, but I don't have money. Mm-hmm. Um, so he said to me, actually, that was really wise. He said, you don't have to go big. You know, start small can mm-hmm. work. We have a spare room at home. Work from there go small, you know, do a small production, you know, a few hundred pieces of your product, and then, you know, just see where it goes. You know, don't get disappointed. You don't have to go too big too fast if, you know, if that's not an available, you know, way for you to go. And, and that's what I did. I started small. Um, I found a formulator in London and, um, uh, we actually still work together 18 years later wow. um, I wow. sat down I said this is this is what I have in mind let's create some products I found a small factory again here in the UK that was able to put together um, small batches and I as far as I remember my first batch was about five hundred pieces mm-hmm. of every uh, mm-hmm. product I had four products at the time um, I was I stored everything in my in my um, Office at home. I would go to uh, the buyers, try to get my products into stores, try to get some PR. I was a one woman show. I was doing everything at the beginning.
0: Wow, that's incredible. I love how you shared about you basically funding the company. Yourself, and because that's—I know for a lot of people, it can be so intimidating, overwhelming. Like I have this idea, I want to start this company, and and especially you know the the listeners are influencers, but. I'm always talking about how it's really important to figure out ways to monetize your influence, right? And one of, the, uh-huh. one of the great ways to do that is to come up with a product and start a business, but it can be incredibly overwhelming. And I can imagine even then, I mean, today there's more resources. You've got online websites like Shopify or Amazon or places like that where you can actually sell it uh, and you know Alibaba and places like that. But back then you didn't have the internet mm. like you do now. So like what you did go, you know, like you said, booth to booth, uh, it's an, I mean, that's very inspiring and that's, it's, it's really interesting to see that. And, and so you basically bootstrapped everything yourself and yeah. you're the one woman show, you're the creator, the, uh, PR, the salesperson, the marketing hmm. everything. <laughs> yeah. Everything. <laughs> so when was your, what were your first products that you launched? Uh,
1: the first products were actually all body products, and none of them is um is available anymore. Mm. What kind of products? When I started, I launched with body care products. Oh, body care. Okay. There is, okay. There is nothing in the market like that. Um, it was a um anti-cellulite product with body sculpture. Mm. Um, then we had a slimming exfoliator. We had a firming body cream. So it was pretty basic, and it was all about body care, and mm. it was much later on that, as a business, we actually launched
0: skincare. Oh yeah, because I know that's what you're you're known for. So when did you? So I'm assuming you got your product in a few you know stores locally. Sounds, you know, it sounds like you went door to door. But then when did you kind of get that first break where you're like, oh my god, this is like an actual company. I'm actually you know making some money here. I know sometimes that takes yeah. time.
1: Yeah, I know it, it, it does take time. Um, and as you said, you know, the first store I, I went to, um, it was Fenix here. It's, it's a small store um, in London. And I went to the buyer and I sat down with my four products and said, yeah, this is a new brand. It's called Rodial. Um, it has super exciting ingredients and, you know, I'll get you a lot of PR, I'll get a lot of people in the store and I will be here selling it. Mm. And I think, you know what, I think that she pitied me at that point, she (laughs) felt sorry for me and said. Okay, well, you know, we'll give you a shelf and you know, show us what you can do. So, you know, I did start really, really small. Um, at the beginning, no one believed in me. Um, mm-hmm. because you know, you're just starting out and there's there's a lot of competition out there. But then um in terms of the big break, it was it was about year five in the business, and I just we just moved into a very small office. Um, which I was really proud of. I was able to move out of my house and have a proper office. I only had a couple of employees at the time, so it wasn't even that big or full. And we were sitting down at this IKEA uh, meeting table that I was able to to afford and and have in my meeting room. And um, a a sample just arrived from the lab. Um, It was the first serious anti-aging product that we were going to launch. It was a serum, and it was going to be our first anti-aging serum. So I sat down with my staff of two talking about the launch and how we're going to make this happen, how we're going to make this exciting. And when we're talking about it, the name anti-aging serum just didn't say much to me. I was saying, hey, guys, this is so boring. You know, there's so many anti-aging serums. We have to do something different. And as I was looking mm-hmm. through, I had a piece of paper with all the ingredients, and one of the ingredients related to viper venom. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, my God, um, this sounds really interesting. Why don't we name the product Snake Serum? Mm-hmm. And and my, my mm-hmm. team was like, you must be crazy. You know, we're going to go out of business. This is crazy. What are you talking about? But, you know, we started talking about it, and then... Um, We started thinking, okay, let's let's go big, let's get snakes and do a photo shoot, and how amazing would that be? And we ended up deciding on naming the product Snake Serum. Um, We um, the the packaging was all matte black to reflect the snake. Uh, we did this amazing photo shoot with real snakes and snake charmers. <laughs> wow. make, sure, wow. make sure the snakes behaved. Um, and then we, start, we, we put that on our website, the, the images, and we started sending newsletters and press releases to the press. And people went wild with this crazy company from the UK with this product called Snake Serum. And that was, that was when everything happened for Rodeo. That was that moment. Um, we started getting orders from all over the world, from Germany to Australia. We were filling uh, pallets and pallets of products to send internationally. And it, it just that one product that put Rodeo on the map.
0: That's crazy. And it just, a lot of it is really smart marketing. I mean, you could have called it, oh, the anti-aging, whatever. And then you, you looked at it and said, Hey, this is actually kind of cool. We should capitalize on this. And then it Uh was a whole marketing thing.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. it was, it was insane. But then it's, it's one of the things that I always say that um, you need to take risks in business and in life, and not all the risks will pay off, but that one risk that will pay off and will change everything.
0: Yeah, so then what happened with that? Was it because it was so unique that more stores were interested in carrying it, or did it just get a lot of press and then it snowballed from there?
1: It's both. We got um, a lot of press. A, a, A lot of people were interested in talking about the product and going to the stores asking for it. Um, and then, as you know, stores want what is new and mm-hmm. what is exciting because that is what drives their business um so I can't say that you know this was everything and then from from that day, I relaxed and the product was selling but you know that gave us a good year before we needed to come up with the next product and and the next um you know snake serum and the next success so um it it was. It was the product that elevated the business, but then you need to do a lot more work, as you know it it never ends,
0: yes, I mean, it doesn't end, and as a brand and a cosmetics brand, you constantly have to be reinventing yourself, your brand, your products, just to stay relevant, just to stay interesting mm. constantly, yeah, mm-hmm. so now you know let's fast forward to today, and you just came out with a book. Uh, how to be an overnight success. So I, I love that. And why don't you, in the book, you talk about your journey of being a business owner and how, you know, sometimes it takes time. And what, what do you mean by, you know, the title, how to be an overnight success? Where did you come up with that? And, um, and you know, what, what's Mm -hmm. your advice for that? Um,
1: well, yeah, I mean, it's. A lot of people ask me, why did you write the book? And um, as you know, I have this social handle at Mrs. Rodia, which I actually manage myself. And over the years, I have been getting a lot of questions from um, bloggers and, and, and wannabe entrepreneurs and um, freelancers saying, how, you know, how do I start a business? Can you give us some tips? You know, how do I do it? And I, I did think that there is a lot of appetite and a lot of, um, yeah, there's a need to, for someone to give advice on, on starting and, and growing a business. And myself, I, there weren't that many places I would go to that I could relate. Um, and then over the years, you know, a lot of crazy things happened with starting and growing the business. And every time something crazy happened, I would say, This is so crazy, this has to go in a book. Mm-hmm. So the yeah. way that I've written the book was mm-hmm. um every time I got a business challenge uh, and I had a bad day at work, I would go back, back home, write about it, and and think what are the lessons learned from this situation? How would I have done this differently if I was to do it again. And then I started putting some notes together on my iPhone, um, and and then you know I put the storyline, and the book came came about. But then going back to your question on how to be an overnight success, well, it did take me 18 years to be where I am today. So the title is actually ironic. It, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of Challenges and and you have to persevere with whatever you do to be at the point that you even remotely think that you have a little bit of success. Um, and I I did want to put this title because a lot of people actually get the book and and think that there's a magic formula that you're gonna read the book and then next day you can be an overnight success. But unfortunately, there is no recipe. There is just there are some great tips in the book. It's it's a very candid book so i'm sharing my my very true experience and challenges um uh, so i can inspire people and say that yes you can do it you can be a success but it just takes a lot of time it it cannot happen overnight
0: yeah and i think that's a very important lesson uh especially in the influencer community because a lot of people they'll see <clears throat> you know youtubers and that'll come out of nowhere and they'll be like, oh my God, you know, I've been doing this YouTube thing for a few years and this person just started six months ago and they're already at, you know, 300,000 subscribers or 100,000 subscribers, which is crazy. But the reality is, is maybe they've been doing YouTube uh, for a while or maybe they haven't but either way they've probably been in some way shape or form in their life preparing for this right there, there's never any overnight yeah. success you see the end game you see yeah people once they've hit it big but there's years and years that go before yeah. that
1: also the other thing that's I, I think it's quite unfortunate in in this industry is that people are not very honest about yeah. what they went through and I I find this very upsetting because it it would be very different if someone came up on YouTube and suddenly they have you know millions of followers and they're a superstar and and them being honest and saying, "Well, you know, I don't know, I've been doing this on a different platform for the last ten years, and now I've just moved my following over there, or I've been doing x y z and and this is what put me there, but I've never seen anyone in any career so far that they can be an overnight success. This just doesn't happen. But I, you know, unfortunately, people don't share it. So what I wanted to do through my book is share that, um, you know, there are challenges and there are steps and you can start super small, especially, you know, as you say, there's a lot of bloggers out there that are, are starting out. And, and sometimes you can get discouraged and say, "Oh, why is this person has you know X amount more followers than me?" and and we're doing the same things, and I'm trying harder, and it looks like it looks like this person is not trying that hard. But it's unfair, and you know these thoughts go through everyone's minds, um, and and they're they're normal. But you know, in, in this business, you have good days and you have bad days. But what I say is, as long as your good days are about 30%, then you can deal with the 70% that's, you know, not your best days. And th- that 30% will be the one that should keep you going.
0: Yeah, that's a good, that's actually a good tip. And, it, and it's interesting that you it, you need less good days than bad days. Yeah, but then, you know, you'll have this amazing day that, you know, maybe you
1: get a deal that you've been trying to get for a while, and this company approaches you that, you know, you've, you've dreamed of. And, um, do a collaboration and it's like, great. It's amazing. But then, you know, you have some, some kind of okay days and you have to always keep, um, some notes. Maybe if someone has, has sent you a thank you note or, um, or, or a positive, uh, inspiration email, you know, keep a stack of those positive, uh, messages that, that have come across your way over the years, and then go back to them when you have a, a tough day. And, find ways to lift yourself up because, you know, it will happen and, and, you know, you will be a success,
0: but it, it,
1: you know, it's a long game.
0: So what are, maybe if you want to share one or two instances in your career where you, you almost wanted to quit, where things got bad and you're said, I'm done, but you were able to overcome that. Uh, can you recall a couple of those instances? Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: so I've always dreamed of working with a specific department store, luxury department store. And in my mind, it was you know, make or break. So if I would be in my products would be in that department store, I would be a success. Mm-hmm. If I couldn't get into into that store, I, I would I would be a failure. In my mind, this is the story i created. Um and then a couple of years into um, Rodial, I've, I've started sending out emails and products and trying to set up a meeting, um, and I would either not get a response or I would get a response um, along the way of, oh, we don't have space for you. Um, this is not the right timing. And, you know, at the beginning when this happened, I would take it very personally and I would start to question, is my product not good enough? I'm, am I not good enough is the competition much better than me why is this happening to me Uh, but then you know i I would take a step back and then go back again to them a year later and do the same thing email them send them some updates on what i have been doing over the last year and what my progress and my products have been and any press that i got Um, hoping that they would see me from a different point of view Um, and that took a while, you know, I was emailing them and connecting with them year after year. And it took me about seven years. Um, and sometimes it doesn't have to do with, with yourself or your products. It just, maybe the timing is not right. The fit is not right, but it has nothing to do with you. And then after seven years, they actually agreed to, um, meet with me. Um, so, um, I met with them and, um, I showed them the product. And they gave me an opportunity and they said, you know, we'll we'll give you a shelf and see what you can do. And you have six months to prove that you can make it happen or else, you know, you'll be out. So, you know, I, I did manage to get into the store. And again, when I, I went in there, it wasn't, oh, you know, come over and we'll give you, you know, tons of space mm-hmm. and we'll support mm-hmm. you. It was like still seven years later. OK, yeah, we'll try you out. But, you know, that goes to show you. Um If you really believe in something, believe in yourself, and and you want to achieve a goal, you have to keep going. And, you know, I got disappointed seven seven years in a row, uh, and then one day it happened. And still now, there are stores that I want to get my products in that were not in, and I've been trying to get into those stores for more than seven years, probably 10 years. But, you know, I keep on going, and I try not to get disappointed. But, you know, that's life, and that's business.
0: That's crazy. So seven years, you were trying to get into one store and you kept going. Like every year, the fourth year, you're like, I'm gonna try again. The fifth year, I'm going to try again. So I think that's, that's really amazing. Because And like you said something like, uh, that I want to touch on that if you have a lot of Uh, belief in in what you're doing that you keep going. And it's so true. I mean, if you're truly connected to why you're doing this and Mm. why you've had your company and you have that strong belief in your product, no amount of no's is going to stop you because you know you have something. And I I think that's so interesting that you brought that up. And uh, and then that's obviously how you're able to move forward and continue coming back year after year after being rejected. Mm. Yeah and
1: it's you know what it, it happens to everyone. Um we we all want different things and it sometimes we get disappointed and that is the point that that you should not give up. That is the point that I'm not saying that you should be a stalker and you know <laughs> go back to them every week but it's kind of okay let's assess the situation. Let's take a step back. Uh focus on a few other things. Don't overanalyze the situation and then you get a bit more confidence, experience, more skills or whatever you need to be presented in a better way to, to this brand maybe that you want to work with. You go back again a year and, and show what you've achieved over the last year. And I think people appreciate that.
0: Yeah, that's actually, I was going to ask that. So did you ever get feedback from the brand once they finally let you in? Did you ever get feedback as to why they turned you down so many years or any insight? Did they, did they give you any feedback along the way? Like, Hey, you know, if you could maybe do this and come back in six months or a year, or did you just kind of keep going? You know,
1: sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't, um, Sometimes they would say, oh, we need to exit another brand to get you in. And right now there's nothing to exit. Other times it would be, oh, we have a very similar product that's, um, that would sit very similar to, to Rodial. So it doesn't make sense. And sometimes they would be, you know, we, we, we can't work together this year. So, you know, it depends. I don't have to give you feedback. So I guess everything that comes your way, it, you just take it on board and, and, and analyze it and and say, does this make sense? Um, But, you know, the key thing is not to take any rejection personally, because you just have to evolve and, and you have to grow and, and you can't, you can't sit on rejection for too much. It's, you know, accept it and move on and and be positive.
0: In that particular case, did they ever provide you with feedback though, the seven years? Um,
1: yeah, they did. I mean, it, I, again, as I mentioned, it was mostly, we, uh, needed to exit another brand and we mm. didn't have space, um, mm. or, you know, um uh, just a few other brands that, that are very, that have a very similar positioning to yours. Um,
0: most, mostly that when it, when it came
1: to, to audio. Yeah.
0: And so, what should people do when they're thinking about starting a business? Like, what are some of your, just uh, you'd say, like most fundamental tips that that people need to do if they're just in their head thinking, okay, I have this really amazing idea, and I really want to get started.
1: Um I think that you have to be prepared to be a business person. And why I'm saying this? I got um I got a message on Instagram the other day. I was um I was at a trade show, I think, and I was um I had some pictures with with some celebrities and someone sends me a message saying, "Oh my god, you know, I love your job. I want to do what you do." And I was ready to actually write them back and say a picture with a celebrity is about 1% of what I do. 99% of what I do is deal with a lot of every day, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which could be warehouse disasters, stuff, uh, dramas, um, situations with my retailers. And, you know, there's a lot of work. There's a lot of frustration and there's a lot of uninteresting things that go through a business every day. So the key thing is, if you want to start your business, I think you need to be prepared to do the unglamorous work. And then there, part of it, you know, a small part of it will be glamorous and it will be fun, especially, you know, us being in the fashion beauty industry. But you really need to be ready for the work because it's, it's hard and it's not glamorous. So be, be true to yourself. Do you want to deal with business? Do you want to be a business person? If the answer is yes, then you're you're ready for it. Go for it. If the answer is no, then what you need to do is find a partner. So if you feel you are the creative side of things, find someone who can be a partner or an advisor or a mentor that can help you with the business side of things. But Starting something, you can never be, oh, I'm the creative and someone else needs to take care of the rest. Like you need to have a sense or you need to have someone you trust to take care of all the business side of things. I don't know if that makes sense.
0: No, it doesn't. I think that's a really good point also about finding a partner or finding a mentor, uh, you know, just to get a little bit about my history. I had a clothing line with my sister and we had a couple people, a couple mentors, people that we would go to who were very experienced in the industry that would give us insight, help us with connections. And, you know, we got fortunate. We met some of these people along the way and then they kind of took us under their wing. And uh it's, it's really, and, and people in positions like that do want to help like young, like up-and-coming uh, yeah. entrepreneurial people because, you know, they want to give back. And if you're able to, to have a relationship like that, it's so valuable. I mean, it's I. That's a big piece of advice I give anybody who's looking to uh, start a business. Is if you want to be in that business, I would say get some kind of internship, get some kind of job uh, in the industry where you're around those types of people, and then hopefully you'll be exposed to people that are more seasoned from you. They're past that phase of the hustle. They're doing their thing, and you know they want to help or bring on board somebody to teach them and um, uh, and that's like the, for, for me, that's one of the things that really helped us in our uh, apparel industry. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Definitely.
1: Yeah. No, I, um, y- y- you have a great point. You need to be very true about what your strengths are. You mm-hmm. need to be very honest with yourself and then identify what your weaknesses are and find a way to, um, to make up for them with 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 some advice, some experience, mentor, um, but you know there is not one person in this world who can do everything. You know, no. I, I do everything. There's areas that I'm good at and areas that I'm not, and that's where you need the support and the help. So very very important before you start the business to do um, self-analysis.
0: You do. And you have to understand and be really honest with yourself. Like, what am I good at? And, you know, for me it was, you know, I enjoy talking with people, the sales and marketing aspect of things. And then my mm. sister was very much a creative. I'm not like a creative, attached to detail person. And that's her strength. And for mm. us, we that's you know, we came together and said, okay, this is my strength. This is what I do. And these are your strengths. And this is what you do. And it's it, it really does help to fill in those gaps with that other person that makes that that good partnership. Uh, Uh Do you have a partner in in your business? I know you mentioned your your husband, or is it mainly just you?
1: Yeah, so um, at the beginning when I started, I knew that I didn't want to um, deal with the financial side of the business Mm -hmm. and accounting. And I did hire a part time accountant, that was my first hire. Um, and then as I grew, I got on a salesperson because, again, I, I could sell, but I've never really managed a huge sort of sales team or it, sales wasn't in my background. It was more kind of creative and running the business. Mm-hmm. And now, um, you know, a few, a few years later, uh, my husband joined the business as our CFO, and he is overseeing the finance and the operation side of the business which um, I'm not good at at all. So I'm very happy that I have a member of my family taking care of that, who I can trust. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I feel that he has the best interest of the company in mind and uh, in, in heart. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I deal with the, right now with the sales, the creative, marketing, um, design, that side of things, and he deals with operations and finance.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's great because then you can focus on what you're really good at and what you actually enjoy doing. Because if mm-hmm. you get stuck having to do things that you don't like, that ends up being really hard as a business owner. And eventually, you know, a lot of people, that's why they end up quitting because there's parts of the business that they don't want to do and they're stuck yeah. doing them and they get overwhelmed there and they're not really able to do what they set out to do, which is what they enjoy, whether it's the creative part or, you know, the marketing, whatever that is, and then mm. they'll get burnt out
1: yeah and I think in this day and age uh there's there's a lot of support out there, and it could be in different forms, whether that's a business partner or a a part time consultant mm-hmm. or a mentor or even you know attending a conference or two and just going and and find like minded people and exchanging ideas. I think there's a lot out there for anyone who wants to start a business do it by themselves um and it just um it's just focusing and find, finding the right skills.
0: Yeah, it's so true. And uh, it, it, there is a lot out there these days. And you just have to know where to look and, and go into areas where those types of people are hanging out. You know, if you know your industry, you know what you want to do, Hey, go into the right Facebook groups. Like you mentioned, Maria, earlier, go to conferences. It's really mm. about surrounding yourself by people that are in the know or in that business already, basically. Yeah, definitely. You
1: know, even... Even at my um, sort of, you know, uh, my career right now, and I've been doing this for a long time, I, wa- I went to a conference last week, um, the Condé Nast Luxury Conference. And even, you know, for me right now, after having d- been doing this for many years and having teams and-, and having my husband and all that, just taking myself to a place where I can get inspired by other people. Every time I go, I, I get new ideas. I get all excited and I also see where I belong because sometimes you get, you know, the day-to-day can be quite grueling and and you may be doing uh, dealing with petty things that are, you know, dragging you down. And going to an event like that, to to a conference, actually, I'm I'm obsessed with conferences, it's just Mm -hmm. a great way to elevate yourself and, and get inspiration. So just, you know, we need to... Put ourselves out there once in a while, you know, get out of our comfort zone of the day to day. And these are the, the times that you may get an amazing idea and inspiration.
0: Yeah, conferences are huge. I, I love going to conferences. I would go. We would go to conferences all the time. And it's where so much happens in the business world. So much happens mm-hmm. in conferences. Uh, how has social media played a part in your success today?
1: You know what? I got into instagram probably by but i wouldn't say by mistake but it, i wasn't i wasn't really into it at the beginning um i started with twitter when twitter was a big thing and a lot of my friends were saying oh you should get on instagram if you're in beauty and fashion this is where everything happens mm-hmm. and i was like well you guys i'm running a business i'm so busy you want me to post pictures now? Like with Twitter, you can just write something and you're done. <laughs> How am I going to do this, this, you know, posting pictures every day? This is insane. Um, but anyway, I, I, you know, I registered and I started posting, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there. Um, and from day one, I, I decided that I'm going to have two different accounts. There's the at Skincare account and the at Nip and Fab account, which are the brand accounts. Mm-hmm. And then my own account at Mrs. Rodial, it's very different. Um, and what I decided from day one is on my personal account, which, which is not really personal because you're never going to see my kids or my husband or personal stuff. I, it's, it's more about, let me show you what goes on behind the scenes um, of the life of a beauty entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's quite controlled just because I want to keep my private life. Private. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I would share things like, oh, I'm doing, you know, this press event um, or I'm catching a flight uh, or I'm obsessing over a shoe. So I would post things that I enjoyed and I didn't have a business agenda for that. So the the Mrs. Rodial account is not an account where you will see product after product and tutorials. And that's the corporate accounts. Um, so I felt, you know, by just being real, you know, I've connected with a lot of people myself and I follow a lot of people and I like, and I comment, and I've actually made some, I met some people, I made friends on Instagram. Um, I it be, It's become a, a platform that I actually enjoy a lot and um, it, it's, it's my escape. So when I want to escape from the day to day here at work, it's, it's like this other fantasy world that I can escape to and, and be friends with people I've never met before, but I like their style and I like what they do and we inspire each other. And it's it's become sort of a fun project for me. Um and now how has this helped the business? I think that people got to know me, and again without an agenda, and then they started getting interested in the products mm-hmm. and saying, Hey, you know, I've been following you for a year, I love your style. Um, you know, it's, it's, I'm intrigued by Rodial. you know, maybe I'll, I'll come by the, one of the stores and check out the product. So it has led to people getting interested about the brand from getting to know me. Um, but you know, we, we sort of grew up, the business grew up at the time that social media was not around. So I feel that we have quite solid foundations because we had to deal with the conventional PR and conventional media and whatever we're getting right now is a bonus. Uh, but I guess things are different right now for brands that start right now and, and they have to get themselves known through social media because that's the name of the game.
0: So for us, it's,
1: it's a, it's an extra bonus. We love to, I personally love to connect with everyone and and my teams who, who run the Rodeal and the Newton Fab accounts. We love to connect and get feedback and 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 be, be present at those platforms. Uh, but we also use a lot of non um, sort of you know, non-social PR. We, we still use that to get the word out there.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at your account right now and it's so beautiful. And, and it is such an inspirational account for people that want to be in that world of business. I mean, it's the ultimate you know, girl boss account. It's showing you in these fabulous outfits and you're and mixed in with your products. And then also, uh, you know, the people that use your products, it's uh, and you have a, and for people listening, she has a million followers on Instagram. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty popular, serious account, but I'm impressed that you said you manage that all yourself because it's just, it's really aesthetically a beautiful account. Thank you. Well, I mean, I don't take all the
1: pictures myself. Yeah. I do we do use um I, I work with some photographers. But what I've decided to do is because I, I do I, lo- I love fashion. That's that's my hobby outside beauty. Mm-hmm. Um and but what I've decided to do is most of the times when I when I post a a fashion picture, I would also have a message that's business related um and that would reflect what's been going on on the day and, and send out a message um and and just you know making sure that whatever i post out there or at least most of it it brings some value to um everyone who follows me um so it the other day I was as I said last week, I was at the Condenast conference, and um I posted what I learned from the conference and what other entrepreneurs do and I, I thought a lot of people connected with that, and they were saying, "Oh, thank you, you know that's great advice. I feel that I've been at the conference with you. I love your tips uh, or another day, you know maybe something happens in the business and and you know maybe someone resigns, and we have to uh, hire someone new and I would say you know what there's also there's always a silver lining and there's always an opportunity for a new start even if it looks like it's challenging right now it's an opportunity for you to look at things in a different way and i always try to have a message that's inspiring and a lot of people relate to to it based on on the on the day-to-day situation
0: at work yeah and that's such a key with social media and especially Instagram is to not just post pictures of yourself. Like, look at me, look at me. Not about like me, 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 but about, okay, this is to inspire you, but at the same time, let me give you, let me give you some solid pieces of advice, right? Let me write, yeah. you know, write something that can inspire you or you can relate to, or you can learn from. And I think that's, that's really awesome. And that's probably why, you know, your, your account does so well, because you do give, you go deeper than just the aesthetics. And, uh, and, and like you said, like you've been doing it for 18 years. When you look at your account you're like, Oh my gosh, she has this amazing, fabulous life. You're there with like makeup by Mario. I'm like, Oh my God, that's amazing. And the Kardashians and all that stuff, but like you said, you've been you've been doing it forever. How uh, for you? I mean, just looking at this, how have you connected with celebrities? Like, how was that always part of your business plan, or because it seems like that's a big part of uh, you know your brand is that you know a lot of celebrities use it. And so, wh- when did that come into play?
1: Um, you know, from day one, uh, we decided that we just wanted to um, have. You know, celebrities and influencers use our products and, and we've been very generous from day one. So even if I had 500 products in my cupboard, I would probably send out 100 of them for free mm-hmm. um, and, and just send them here and there to, to various agents and publicists and hoping they would give it to their celebrity clients. Uh, and, you know, as, as everything in life, you know, you send 100 and maybe one of, of those 100 celebrities likes the product and, and talks about it in the press. Um, I mean, over the last years, the, the business has grown. Uh, and so we were able to um, invest some money into celebrity associations um, with with our younger brand, even Fab. We worked with Kylie Jenner a couple of times uh, when she was. 16 and 17 years old. We did two. Uh, we were the first beauty brand she did the campaign with, mm. um, and so that kind of started the relationship with the uh, Kardashian Jenner family. And then over the years, we've done some project. We did a, um, a digital some digital work with Kim last year with um, with a lip masks for O'Dial. Um, and then I've, I've met Mario um, a few years ago again through the family. We've remained friends. And when we uh, wanted to work with a makeup artist to launch uh, some new collections, we connected with him because I know them. I know him quite well. So it, you know, it's a combination of meeting someone and then cultivating that relationship. Um, and then it's it's a mixture of you know celebrities talking about our brands because they love them, and 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 some of it it's it's been paid for. So it, it's a it's always a combination, but it's all good.
0: Well, who was like the first celebrity that just fell in love with your product? Uh, <laughs> um, first celebrity. Hmm. You know, I can't think of,
1: of um, the first celebrity, but um, sort of back in the day, I remember this is the, before the days of the Instagram. Mm-hmm. We were called to put some product into a goodie bag of an after Oscar party Um and that was about 2005. And I remember it was a lot of product. We had to ship about 2,000 products, wow. which was wow. my, my, I don't know, two years worth of stock. Uh, but I said, you know, let's do it. And at that year, there were all the sort of big name celebrities of the time were there, from Tom Cruise to Jennifer Aniston, to Angelina Jolie, um, to everyone. Everyone was there. Um, and... I do remember it was a year that we had a lot of celebrity mentions in magazines and it was down to that goodie bag at that after Oscar party that everything happened.
0: Wow, that's amazing. What was the product that people responded to the most?
1: Outside snake serum, it was uh, Dragon's Blood, which was the next product after snake serum. Um, And it's funny because... Dragon's blood is actually an ingredient that comes from the sap of a tree. Mm -hmm. It has a it's red color and it's called dragon's blood. Uh, It comes from the Amazon, and we've actually had a lot of um, emails coming to us. People thinking, do you actually
0: kill dragons (laughs) and take them back? (laughs) They're watching too much Game of Thrones. (laughs) Yeah, too much, I would say. Uh, But then, people, that's another
1: product that, and it's actually that Dragon's Blood Scalping Gel. It's an all time bestseller. We sell about one a minute all over the world. And it's it's a product that it works, and people love what it does to their skin for pumping hydrating it's great for skin types and it just sort of at one product fixes all but also they love the name and they love the color it's it's a beautiful coral packaging and it's it's sort of a combination of things so a lot of celebrities really love our dragon's blood range and, and they do remember that product probably most of all
0: so what are your favorite products from your line the Rodeo and the nipfab
1: from Rodial, I would, I, again, I would stick to the Dragon's Blood Sculpting Gel, uh, which I use as a primer, as a plumper. Um, it's, it's super hydrating. I use it as a mask. And I also love our masks, which are very unique. Um, I love the lip masks for a, a bit of um, extra lip plumping, the eye masks. They're all a part of the Dragon's Blood family. Um, for Nip and Fab, I love using the pads. We have those um, glycolic pads that are just simply amazing you know after a hard day at work yeah i mean you can wash your face but you can also use some pads and while i'm you know just watching a bit of t- tv having mm-hmm. some me time mm-hmm. i would just use the pads so um yeah nippon fab does some amazing um pads the glycolic and the extra strength glycolic pads that i'm I'm a big fan of. But I'm also, um, I'm loving our makeup range, our color range, which is relatively new. Color is, uh, it's just three years old for us. Mm. Um, mm. And two of my favorite products are the banana powder is insane. Mm. So good for mm. that highlight under the eyes. You know, it makes you look like you have, you've had eight hours sleep. And also we've expanded the banana range with the banana low lighter. Which is it's a creamy format of the banana powder, and again, it just gives you that beautiful light under your eyes uh, for that perfect selfie.
0: Oh my god, that sounds amazing! Oh my god, I've always tried like I'm always on the hunt for like that under eye brightening. They're so hard to find.
1: Yeah, no, Mm -hmm. these two products are insane. They're they're the best.
0: Wow. Um, Okay, one last question. So in your book, you said it's all about being consistent with your message and your product and knowing who your customer and your brand are. I think that's awesome advice. So what type of advice would you give for someone who's trying to figure out who their customer and their brand is? How do you figure
1: out who is your customer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and what your brand is? Well, you know what? It takes a lot of trial and error and you won't get it the first time, but I would sit down and I would write, what do I think defines me? Uh, then create content that defines who you think you are and then just see what the feedback is like. And then some of it will be true. And some of it will be resonating with your audience and some of it won't. So then go back to the drawing board, make a few tweaks and go back with a new persona. And it just takes a, it, it takes a bit of a trial and error. Uh, and I think my message to everyone out there is that, yes, there's a lot of people out there. You can go and, and say, oh, this person is successful. Let me copy them. You can get inspiration, but everyone is unique. And what you have, no one else has. So, you know, instead of trying to fit into a a mold and, and fit into someone else's image and profile, do something that represents you, that makes you feel good, even if it's different and slightly, you know, weird, just be who you are. And I think this is what will resonate with your audience, the real you.
0: That's so true, because if you're if you're connected to who you are, And you are, you really go from that, right? You make your decisions based on that versus the outside and what you think, you know, is expected or what you think other people are doing by you really going with your true heart and your true self. That's how people will connect to you. People connect to authenticity. People Mm -hmm. will, will, will feel that from you. And that's, that's the best advice for sure.
1: For
0: sure. Well, Maria, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been such a pleasure talking to you, getting to know you and hearing your incredible story. Uh, Where can people find you and find your book? Um,
1: All right. First of all, thanks for having me, Uh, Erica. It's been a pleasure. I loved our chat. Um, So my book is available on uh, Amazon and it's also available at Barnes & Noble Nationwide. And then our products are available. Um, Rodiel is available at um, Space and Gay at Bloomingdale's, Saks Fifth Avenue, and in the West Coast. We work with um, climate beauty
0: as well. Great. And her book is called How to Be an Overnight Success. So definitely check it out. It's a fun read. And Maria, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. It's been
1: my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for
0: having me. Oh, thank you, Maria. Take care. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it. That's our episode, and I hope you enjoyed it. And if you stayed this long, do me a huge, huge favor and leave a review on iTunes. Five stars would be amazing. It helps more than you know helping other people find the Beauty and the Vlog podcast. Also, make sure you check out beautyandthevlog.com for all the show notes for this episode. And if you're not a part of the Beauty and the Vlog family on our Facebook group, Make sure you join for lots of support, collaborations, and questions and answers for anything related to being a content creator on YouTube. This is Erica, and I will see you next week.